0: As a dad, some days we feel like we have all the answers, and some days we feel like we don't have a clue. If that describes you, you're at the right place. This is the All Pro Dad Podcast. Welcome to the All Pro Dad Podcast, where each episode we dive into just one question. We talk about what has worked, mostly what has not worked, and we explore what the experts say, and then we leave you with just one small, powerful pro move. I'm Ted Lowe and I'm joined today by Bobby Lewis yep. and B.J. Foster and Reggie. Reggie is joining us a remote today. Between the four of us, we've got kids in almost every age and every stage. And each week we ask just one question. Bobby, what's our question of the week?
1: It's a big one. Question of the week is, how can I stop labeling my child? How can I stop labeling my My child, before we get to that piece
0: of it, I knew labeling was a big deal. I I did. And we have examples of that for a little bit later. But I put this out into social media and said, hey, and I've been posting for years. And so I could not believe the response to the question, do you remember a label that somebody put on you as a kid that you that you will never forget? And I have never been more amazed at the amount of responses Uh, And just the labels and almost no one said, you know, you were the champ. I mean, it was all negative. Things like um, labels that people would say, motor mount, sissy, pesty, shy, bossy, hypochondriac, idiot, four eyes, too much, bulldog jaws. That's just hateful. That is rough. That is rough. Nerd, unworthy, lazy, and short. And so people all these years later remember these negative labels. What about you guys? Do you remember a label that you had put on you as a as a kid that you're going, mm, "I'm never going to forget that."
2: I had two, uh, both positive and negative. Um one was I was well, you could look at this as positive or negative, but sensitive. You're sensitive. But more more often than not it was like you're you're too sensitive, like you you get your feelings hurt too easily. Um and then the other one was actually, it's kind of almost contra- it feels like it almost contradicts, but my mom called me tough. You're really tough. Yeah. Cause I think I would, I'd get hurt in a game and I'd go back in two seconds later. And, and um, I i just, it was almost like I was mad and just kind of ready to go back in.
1: Yeah. yeah. What about you, Reggie? You got one?
3: Yeah. Um, I, I remember it vividly. And thank you for having me. I'm happy to be joining here up in Minnesota. We were walking in. It had to be probably like November or December because I remember wearing a winter coat. Like this is how, like, Im- impactful this moment was. We were walking in, and I was trying to keep up. I'm the youngest in my family, and I remember uh, my dad in front of me with my brother, and he looks back, and I don't know where this conversation happened, but he looks back and says, "Yeah, you were a mistake,"
1: and I was Ooh. like, "Huh?" Oh.
3: Um, he was like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't plan for you. And I don't think he meant to choose his words that way because I had never heard it again after that. But Mm. when he called me a mistake, uh, there was, there was that Uh, the other time, um, quickly is like, and this label happened without words, which is Mm. considered to be a little unique. Uh, but I went to sit on my mom's lap and she pushed me off of her. Mm. and she was like, you're too heavy. Get off me. I was a huge mama's boy. I don't know if we got any other mama's boys here, but, mm. um, I went to sit on her lap and she pushed me off of her and I felt unwanted. And so I carried that, you know, label both, both of those for, for some years after that, for sure.
0: Mm. Man. Tell me about the mistake when you heard your dad say kind of in jest almost probably now looking back at it, but what did you, yeah. what did that do for you? Like, what did that, how did that hit on you?
3: yeah, you felt like you didn't have a place in your family. Mm. Um, and, and then it caused me to look outward, you know, into different areas of who wants me then, right? Like if I'm a, if I'm a mistake here, mm. where am I not a mistake? Where am I appreciated at? And so wow. I'd say that, that kind of, you know, uh, ran my life for, for some years.
1: Yeah, and you're not the only person who's heard that label too. That's probably a pretty common one, yeah. you know, like there's plenty of you know, parents who have had children, but weren't necessarily planning to have children. And, <laughs> I'm sure that phrase has been uttered a couple of times, you right? Know? Oh it, yeah, what we say kind of in jest, and we
0: don't think a big deal. Here we are talking about it this many years later, and it was a huge deal.
1: Bobby, what about you? I don't know that I had too many negative ones, but I did have labels put on me that forced me to kind of try to live up to it, if that's the way to put it. And that's also can be difficult. You know, I, I was definitely a kid who followed the rules. I was a kid, you know, goody two shoes type of kid, and so after your told that, you know, you're a rule follower, always do the right thing sort of situation, then it's almost as if you cannot possibly fail. Mm. Because if you do, then that label is either no longer accurate or you didn't live up to your potential or something like Mm. that. So even a positive one, like you were talking about BJ, that, that can be harmful too.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, that's a great point.
0: That's a great point. And it kind of goes
1: to this whole thing we say
0: all the time is like affirming character, Mm. not, you know, actions. That's huge. Uh, for me, uh, after my mom passed away. I was 10 years old. Like I was the only kid in school without a mom. Yeah, And so I don't know how much of a label it was, but it was always the kid, you know, it was a small town. So there were lots of, I always felt like there were lots of, lots of pity, Sure, lots of whispering. And, you know, and yep. I think it's true for men. Men don't want to be pitied. Boys don't want to be pitied. And so I hated that. And I hated like when you had to fill out forms You know, and so I think that for me, it was like, oh, you are completely different than everybody else. So that, that was really, uh, formative. And I just, I think for me, it was like, I'm, I'm going to prove that I'm not pitiful. (laughs) I think I'm giving myself counseling right now. I've never said that out loud. (laughs) Okay. So we talk about how powerful, how powerful labels are to us. Here we are sitting talking about these, all these, all these years later, Uh, And so it's important that we don't do this to our own kids, whether that's a positive label um, or even a negative label, because when we label our kids' character or their behavior or their appearance, it it impacts how we view them, how we treat them, how we discipline them, but even more importantly, how they view and how they treat themselves. I mean, these labels can become so formative. And so what I want us to talk about, a little bit, and I've done a little bit of research on this is how do we avoid using labels? Because Reggie, just like you, you said about your dad, your dad did not mean yeah. to, I mean, you are just standing there in line. It just came out of his mouth and you know, I'm thinking, Oh, he didn't mean that. And I would dare say it would, it would be interesting to know how many labels were just flippantly said. You Mm -hmm. know, there's a great passage that says careless words stab like a sword. Yeah. You know, it's the careless ones, not the careful ones. Like no one gets up in the morning, "Hmm, how can I hurt my kid? Like what would be those fancy words to do that? So how do we avoid that? Um, One of the ways that I've tried to do this over the years is be careful with introductions because I was always amazed when, our kids were little, especially that people would say, this is my daughter, Hannah, she's shy, you know, and then she would tuck behind Mm -hmm. the legs. So uh, this is my son, Jackson. He's the athlete of the family. Uh, This is my daughter, Martika. She is a bookworm. This is my son, Mario. And you know what? He's just a big mess. He's just a, he's just a big mess. Were you guys ever introduced as anything as a kid?
2: Thankfully, I, I don't think so. Uh, I can't imagine. That would just I, I that you know, it's it's hard enough to I think be introduced as a kid. You feel a little bit of social anxiety. Right. And I th- I, I I feel like there's there's something in us where we almost want to apologize for how our kids are behaving or we're they're not mm-hmm. able to like come through. So it's like they're hiding and instead of saying something like, Okay, she's being a little shy, she is. She is this thing. Yeah. Reggie, what about
3: you? You know, I was actually telling a story to, to a group of people on time and I had my son Noah with me and I, it was probably like 20 people. And I was like, hey guys, and I'm on a mic and he's with me and I'm like, hey, this is Noah and he lies,
1: <laughs> <No gosh. laughs> but
3: he's not. And I was like, but he's not a liar. And it was it was trying to prove my point about something that I was talking about in that moment. But mm-hmm. I, I, you know, in right now and, you know, while I lock, walked off the stage, I was like, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I, I, You know, you got to go about it a different way and probably put some more thought into it before you start to speak. Uh, but like you said, the careless words. So you got to put mm-hmm. some care in your words. And uh, I think they'll come out differently
1: when we are talking about our kids or talking to our kids, we just forget because we interact with adults so often as an adults, we just forget how heavy and how weighty our words are for our kids. What we say, because we have such a position of influence in our life, what we say matters a lot. And so one little word can stick like, you know, like Reggie was talking about, it can stick for 20, 30 years um, with a kid because not necessarily the words themselves, but because of the source of the words. We matter so much to mm-hmm. them that anything that we do or say, it's impactful. It's magnified more than maybe a neighbor or maybe an acquaintance or whatnot. It matters because we matter to them. And so we got to be real careful with how we approach this. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And as dads, you know,
0: we we talk about this on episode. We want to be fun. And guys are always picking at each other and teasing each other. And yeah. that's just part of being a guy, right? And so dad you know of boys i've had to watch that before where we're teasing with each other and yeah. and, and i've hurt them you know uh and i've taken it too far but it kind of leads to this second one is be careful what your kids overhear oh yeah be careful what your kids overhear you know one of the rules that we try to use is try to imagine they're always an earshot because kids hear more than you think don't they oh, i mean i gosh. think we've all mm-hmm. been that Let's talk about that for just a second, about being careful uh, with what your kids over here. You guys ever had a time when you hear your dad or you hear people talking and they didn't know you were listening to them? Maybe it wasn't as blatant,
1: but you heard what was said and you're like, ouch, That that's a big deal. Sometimes I've not realized it in the moment, but I realize it an hour later when my kid repeats it back. I'm like, oh, you were there. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know you heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking about this just the way that I speak sometimes about my own son. mean, you, know, you talked about earlier, BJ, how you were labeled as sensitive when you were a kid. And my son is very sensitive. Um, but it's weird. It's it's like a Jekyll Hyde situation. He plays youth hockey and he's not sensitive at all. He'll beat you in the face when he plays youth hockey. But mm-hmm. if he's sitting there and, and someone says something on the couch when he's reading a book and he internalizes it as a slight towards him, then he becomes a puddle. You know, he just, he'll just have a breakdown. And so my wife and I talk about the, just the difference between his mannerisms sometimes. And I don't want to do it where he can hear it because I don't mean for it to be negative. It's just more of a conversation that we're having, which, which son are we going to get in this moment? You know, but I don't want him to think that we view it as a negative character trait for him. You know,
2: I was in my twenties um, and heard my dad saying something about me like a characteristic that he didn't like um, and it might have been fair <laughs> even mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was one of those it it had a had a huge impact
3: for years I do this thing where I'll speak with my wife and I'll speak with my children and you know with friends all the same way mm-hmm. so then I don't have to like switch it up so if they do overhear me they're not hearing anything that I wouldn't say to them. Mm-hmm. And and we might think like, well, how do you do that? And you're having an adult conversation. It's like, well, I want my kids to know who I am uh, mm-hmm. in front of them and, you know, away from them. Right. That uh, the character that they see is the same character that is with his friends mm-hmm. out at the, you know, it, on the golf course or wherever we are, you know, playing basketball or something of that nature. So mm-hmm. so I I've I don't caution uh, myself or my speech my speech too much where they're like, Oh, you can't hear this. Now there's times where you're talking about things that they, you know, uh, shouldn't be in on. Like if you're dealing with the family situation, that's not about them and it's about somebody else. And they're going through something, you know, that's like, Hey, this is not for a seven year old. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like if they do overhear me talking about them, they can know that like, okay, dad would say this to me. So Mm, uh, that's, that's 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 how I try to go about it.
0: One of the things we've tried to do intentionally is kind of the reverse of this is we try to talk well of them when we know they're in earshot uh, Mm. to to somebody else. Because sometimes, especially with my, uh, especially with my boys, like they have a hard time receiving my affirmation. Now, my daughters, they'll just tell me more, dad. What else do you think about me? Thank you, daddy. You know, but with my boys. And so I've loved bragging on them uh, hopefully about their character not their actions in front of others. But again, those labels, Bobby, like you were saying, is it going to create expectation? Mm-hmm. So be careful what your kids over here. Uh, number three is be careful not to label them when you discipline them. Yeah. Um, mm. And so do you guys ever find yourself labeling your kid, not their behavior when you're disciplining them?
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, you're so stubborn. I mean, that is mm-hmm. something that, and you know, my son, we put him in the timeout, we put him in the timeout chair one time and my wife did at noon. And we said, all you need to do is apologize to your sister. And he was still sitting in the timeout chair at 5 PM. Wow! <laughs> and so it just <laughs> flew out of my mouth. Like yeah. you're, you're so stubborn and yeah. You know, it's a label. I mean, it's a label. It's not you're being stubborn. You're you're being, like he was. He was being stubborn. Yeah. Um, but it was you are. You are this thing. You are stubborn. It's a s- subtle difference. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. e- even being frustrated going, you're being stubborn. Right. I mean, like, because
1: you're going to have frustrated voice from time to time. But it, it yeah. is so you are so stubborn. Yeah. But what about you? And what they do is not necessarily who they are. It's, right. it's similar to what Reggie said earlier. He says, my son Noah, he lies, but he's not a liar. Okay, there are times where we maybe make the mistake or kids will make a mistake, but that doesn't necessarily, uh, align with our true character. Uh, but if we label them a liar, then they think, well, I did tell a lie once, but I guess that's all it takes. I'm a liar now and that's who I am. So I guess I'll just lie all the time. We don't want that to happen. So, um, I do think there's yeah. a distinction there between what they do and who they are. And I don't want them to confuse those things because I labeled them.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, I would say the same thing in regards to, um, you know, and that, those, those moments of discipline. Yeah. I mean, it gets, I mean, you guys know it gets tough. It gets tough to keep your cool and be like, okay, you're not the thing you're doing. I don't want to label you, but you know, we're not perfect. So when we do it, I'm, I'm always quick to apologize. Um, because I'm not going to, there's no time I'm going to be perfect. Right. If the kid is being stubborn, they're being stubborn. And you're like, dude, why are you so stubborn? Or if they're lying, why are you lying? Like you know, Noah does lie, even to this day. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's, there's no need to do it. But if I if I feel like I'm going overboard and I feel convicted myself, like I will apologize and say, look, I said those things, and I uh, I shouldn't have said those things. And then I you know try to come back and try to teach and turn it into a teaching moment, not not only for myself but for my for my kids too.
0: That's good. And you start thinking about things that you haven't accepted about yourself or integrated about yourself and you see it in your kid. To me, that's the thing I can tend to do or the wounds from self. Like for me, I wanted my kids to be close. You know, I wanted them to be buddies. I probably said things I shouldn't when they were young going, you know what? You guys are, when we're not around, you're still going to be together. And they're like, when are you not going to be around. You know, so that was probably poor parenting. Uh, Well, no, that was poor parenting. And so with the older one, he's the leader. I remember saying to him, you are just mean. Hmm. And he looked brokenhearted because he's not a mean kid. He is a bossy kid. Um. see did you hear I said that he is a bossy kid instead yeah. of he can be bossy yeah. but I you know instead of saying hey buddy that was really mean when you said that to him and so it was just the difference and I saw the look on his face Um, and there was somebody in my life that was mean to me
1: Yeah. and I said you're being just like so and so well I, I was just listening to what you were saying and you said two sentences back to back and you said it kind of similarly, but you used one word in one sentence and you didn't use it in another sentence. You said, you are mean, and then the next sentence you said, you are being mean. So like there's a, there's one little word, but that's going to make all the difference. You are means this is a definitive factual statement. No matter what you think about it, you are this. Whereas you are being is like a moment in time situation. And so I think kids, even with a developing mind, can distinguish between those two things. So I think as a dad... That you are this that has power. If I think you are being this, that's just a right now at this moment, we can redirect this. We don't have to be right. here forever. Let's, you know, maybe think about how we're using the phrasing when we're disciplining and and maybe that'll make a difference.
0: That's good, Bobby. We had some a mentor couple in our life. Their kids were older than ours and she would say this and we tried to rip it off from her, but she would say, hey, that's not like you. You were just really nasty mm. right then uh to your sister that's that's not like you yeah and so i think mm-hmm. you know taking it that one step further to say whoa 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 whoa, yeah. and you know you can even get passionate because we're all going to get passionate about things that you know we're seeing yeah. and we're scared for them and we're scared of their character but it's just that's a huge one and i think this speaks to when we are triggered you know, in our frontal lobes out to lunch You know, we talk about our kids not having a frontal lobe yet. When we're angry, neither do we. We do not have one. And so, to take a breath, because I think it's we're in the emotional part of our brain, and we're saying emotional things, and we're not, we're not weighing are you are versus being. We got to lock back in, take a breath, and go, okay, what do I really want to say right now? And it's fine to look at your kid and go, I'm going to need a second. I'm going to need to think about this for just a second, and then come back with a better. Come back with a better response. Number four, be careful how you label your kid in your own mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a thing called confirmation bias. When we decide that our kids are stubborn, when we decide that they are mean, uh, we tend to look at their behavior. You know, confirmation bias is defined as the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of the belief's One already holds. More simply put, you will find what you are looking for. So this happens as dads when we assign negative labels to our kids with their words and with their action. If I label my kid as lazy, then I'm going to look for evidence that they are lazy. So Mm. it's even in our own minds. It's not just what they hear. It's not just what we say. It's not just how we discipline. But talk a little bit about that, how we need to be careful
1: with BJ and I just worked on an article together for All Pro Dad. Uh, and it was kind of interesting because sometimes you're right, you're right, you get stuck and you need some help. And we collaborated on this idea and he suggested something for an article that I used because it was so brilliant. And it was the scene from, if you've seen the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. It's, there's a scene where Will Smith plays the dad and I think his son in real life, uh just Jalen's his son is actually like in the movie with him. And they're on the rooftop. They're shooting baskets. And the dad uh you know is watching his kids shoot hoops and the kids missing shots and whatever. And so the dad's like, you know what? Um don't spend your time up here shooting baskets too much because I was average. So you're probably just going to be average too. Mm. So don't bother, you know, doing this too much. You're never going to succeed. And it is a type of label. It's a limitation that you're putting on that kid saying, I was this. You're probably that too. Don't try to achieve. And he realizes in the moment that he's done something wrong. And he looks at his son and he goes, I'm sorry. Uh, if anyone tells you you can't do something, even if it's me, don't listen to him and go do it anyway. And it was such a powerful scene. I'm so glad that it came to your mind when we were discussing this article um, because that was a even without thinking about it, he put a label on his kid that you're not going to be great because I wasn't great. And so why should we bother? And uh, man, what a, it was just a powerful scene. you would the movie. If you haven't seen it, that is perfect example.
0: And yeah. speaks to this, you know, Reggie, you said earlier that we need to learn how to apologize that we need to say, Hey, I am sorry from doing that. I mean, feel like our kids if they know how to do anything is apologize because we have had to do it so many times we're both pretty high strong Nancy and I my wife and you know we've had a apologize. that is so powerful Bobby just to say whoa 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 I'm I'm sorry I shouldn't have because we're going to mess up everybody yeah. listening like you listen to podcast mm-hmm. episode now I've never was tempted to do that again once I had that knowledge I never was tempted to label again so we're gonna we're gonna do that be careful how you label your kids in your own mind And Bobby you've already said it but I just want us to bring it back up, you know, even positive labels, we got to be careful. And I even think it comes full circle with saying, Hey, you know what? During the game you played really well, instead of you are, you know, a great athlete, you know, people tell their kids all the time, after a game, you are the best baseball player in the history of baseball. And you're going, no, no, no. They weren't even the best kid at the game. Yeah. You know, (laughs) instead of, you know, for our kids, we were told this and we've just ripped it off. Man, I love watching you play. Yeah. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's like with affirmation, man, you have really pursued this in a, in a great way. I know you, I know you're struggling, but well done. And so that's powerful. So what's the, what's the payoff? Let's say, somebody's listening right now and went, okay, I would have never thought about this. I would have never thought about the subtlety of this, but now that I do, I'm going, oh, this really, this really makes sense. So what's the payoff for you guys? What's the dream of this? If we said, okay, you know what? I'm not going to label my kid. Like I'm not going to, what's, why is that important?
3: I believe labeling is the complete product, right? Like that's calling your phone a phone, but there's so many parts that goes to a phone that makes the phone, right? So when I think positive or negative labeling, we have to think through like, what what words are we sowing into their lives that are going to grow into that label? So if it is something positive, it's not that something positive could be bad, but like what what seeds can you sow into their lives at the beginning that are getting them to being a, you know, a great student, a, a, an, an individual who has courage and someone who's tough, like what can you say in those moments? And then like acknowledging what you're saying when you're labeling something negative, because you actually don't want that to grow up, right? Like, again, going back to Noah, I don't want him to be a liar. I don't want him to be a thief. So like, I'm not going to sow any of these words or call him that label to even start to produce that in his life. And so that's that's I would say is, is uh, you know, something to take away that I, I, I'm learning in this moment from here and from all you gentlemen as well with the with the labeling.
1: When the word labeling comes to mind, I think about walking through the grocery store. So if I walk down the aisle and I see Snickers, Doritos, pick whatever brand name that it is, the bag or the package is labeled. It's so you can easily recognize what it is. But when you put a lay, it's good for marketing, but it's really bad for people. Because if you put a label on someone right away, then it's really hard to break out of that. Like if you took Doritos and you opened it up and inside was ice cream, you're like, well, this was not labeled properly. This was a lie. But if you label um, a child something and then they don't know how to get out of this label because it's so permanent on their mind, they feel like, well, if that's what I've been called might as well go with it because that's, mm-hmm. that's gotta be true. If someone said it about me. So I, I, I think mm-hmm. if we, the big win is if we can avoid labeling altogether, then they get to pick who they want to be. Mm-hmm. And and that's way better than us picking for them. I love that,
0: Bobby. That's a perfect way to transition into our, our bottom line, which we try to do every time. Avoid labeling your kids because labels are sticky and they're hard to remove. That was mm-hmm. a little, little cheesy quippy, but labels are sticky and hard to remove, but hey, maybe that will be sticky and hard to remove from your brain. Okay, Bobby, we try to do this every time. We try to give people a simple but powerful pro move. What's our
1: pro move this week? Pro move this week is just keep track of every time you're tempted to label your child. And maybe it's more than you think. Maybe it's not as much as you think, but just keep track of it. And if at the end of the week, you're like, man, it was like twice a day, then evaluate how you're interacting with your kids. And if it wasn't as much as you think, maybe that's good, but let's try to get it down to zero. I love that.
0: Well, thanks to everyone's listening. Uh, Seriously, it means a lot that you're taking the time to consider what labels uh, you may or may not be putting on your kids. We know that you and your kids will be glad that you took the time. Thanks, you guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the All Pro Dad podcast. All Pro Dad is the fatherhood program of the nonprofit Family First. Along with our motherhood program, iMom, we exist to help you love your family well. Subscribe to our daily email, the All Pro Dad play of the day, by going to allprodad.com slash subscribe and get daily powerful and practical fatherhood tips in your inbox. The All Pro Dad podcast is hosted by me, Ted Lowe, produced by Bobby Lewis.